Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. There is a place where time stands still. Where nature is harsh and demanding. Where only the quick and the strong and the deadly can survive. This place is no place for civilized man. All you've got to do now is pass the Australian culture test. Three simple questions, three correct answers, and together? you go through that doorway to the greatest little country in the world. Good morning, everybody. This is Annie for Showreel, uh, 3CR's look at the Australian film industry. Uh, today, we're going to feature a film that's showing at Nova. It's uh, a Border Politics. You may have heard of uh, Julian Burnside's uh, fronting a, a documentary that takes you across the world looking at how other places deal with refugees and looking at the whole notion of what a refugee is and it's called border border politics. I got a chance to chat with Julian Burnside about the film Uh, and uh, um, just a reminder, I suppose it's a perfect time to actually talk about uh, border politics because on Saturday there's going to be a major rally in support of uh, refugees uh, on the steps of State Parliament at two o'clock. It's five years since uh, the... Uh, 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 it's hard to talk about, really. I suppose it's the uh, what they call this policy of uh, offshoring uh, uh, people, which is what the uh, new policy for uh, Australia has been, the idea that... Um, uh, you know, no no refugee will ever make uh, who arrives by boat will ever make a stable home in Australia. Became a firm policy, and it's quite interesting because when you uh, watch uh, the program, uh, the film Border Politics, you can see how uh, uh, un uh, illegal this kind of policy is. Just because a government decides that this is going to be its policy doesn't mean that it's actually uh, a a policy that stands up to any scrutiny. So let's hear a bit from Julian Burnside. Thanks for talking to me today. That's okay. Yeah. Uh, Can you tell me how Border Politics came about, the film? How did you get involved in the project? Well, well... um let me start by saying I have absolutely no financial stake in the thing at all. It was the idea of uh, the filmmakers in New South Wales. They approached me and said you know, they'd like me to be involved, and I said no because I thought it would be very disruptive. And so they flew down and sat uh, in my chambers and talked me into doing it. <laughs> and um, 
I, I, and they've done it. I think they've done a terrific job. It's really a very striking piece of work the way they've put it together. Um, because they they sort of gave me the role of the um, unscripted David Attenborough, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, uh, what persuaded so you? Got me. I'm what, sorry. What, what, what persuaded, persuaded you? Me? Well, um, you know, I, I'm not sure I can remember. Um, they, uh, I, I think, with the idea of being able to go round and see it firsthand, what is being done to refugees in other countries was interesting. Um, and I figured that I'd be able to accommodate it. I'm not mad keen on travelling, so that was the big drawback. But um, it was. I'm, I'm very glad I've done it. I think it was. It's pretty good. Yeah, no, I think it's pretty good too. I, I, I think it was very interesting. Uh, you oh, you've were, seen it? Yes, yes, yeah, I've seen it. Uh, I wouldn't be speaking to you unless good. I'd seen it. Um, the, uh, <laughs> I, I, you know, I take it as a, a professional duty to actually see things before I speak to somebody about them. Uh, the um, oh, if, if only if only the rest of the press was uh, concerned to know what they're talking about. <laughs> uh, but also the issue itself. Uh, it's a pretty important. It's a it's a vital issue, and that's one of the things that you bring across. You said it was unscripted. Were you the one who did they come up with the locations, and then you told them what you were going to say? Or no, no, no. They came up with the locations, and then um, they would say to me from time to time, "Well, I want you to do a piece to camera about subject X, or a piece to camera about subject Y," and I would just sort of stand there and talk about that subject. Mm. I found it no, really amusing totally... that you had uh, your suit on in you know in various places. It's sort of like uh, uh, an idea of uh, a cup that was found on the Andes, you know, and then travelled to Paris. But you, you're you're the suited gentleman that goes all around the world. Well, um, yeah, I guess. Look, I think when I was at school, I probably wore my school uniform during the weekends. <laughs> Uh, what did you discover? I mean, uh, when you there's obviously a certain amount of personal uh, discovery going on in this film, and that's one of its strengths. Tell me, uh, what did you discover? Well, I think I discovered, and maybe it wasn't a big surprise, that um, first of all, what Australia is doing to refugees is viewed pretty poorly in other countries. And second, what is being the way refugees are treated in other countries is by and large much more decent and humane than what we're doing here. But who knows? Maybe maybe it's turning against refugees at the moment. It's hard to tell. But I was very struck by the people in um, in Scotland, where despite their very modest population, they've done a terrific job resettling Syrian refugees in the community and. Re, where where people have been resettled in Scotland, they've been genuinely embraced by the community. They've been made to feel really, really welcome, and I think that's fantastic. Um, uh, I, you, you've seen the film, so you will have noticed that um, at a community gathering, which was run by the locally settled Syrian refugees, um, I was invited to that, and the, the local dignitary um, made a speech of welcome to everyone. And he said the first sentence in English and then repeated that sentence in Arabic with a Scottish accent. Um, and then the second sentence in English repeated in Arabic with a Scottish accent and so on. So this, his whole speech was given in both languages. Now, I've never seen the equal of that in Australia. 
I thought it was just wonderful. And, and the other thing, which I think is not in the film, I spoke to various people in Scotland and said, look, you know, we're doing this and you're doing that. <clears throat> How do you account for the difference? And they said, these people are human beings. They need help. And I thought, wouldn't it be wonderful to hear a politician in Australia say those words? Yeah, it would be. Uh, the uh, other thing, I suppose, that comes out of that is that it's a two-way street. The people in Scotland are are actually... Uh, their society is altering and uh, in a positive way. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, that, that's the story of refugees across the world. Um, you know, refugees bring to their host country the skills which they have. Um, they help ex enlarge the, um, the culture. I mean, I, look, I grew up in Melbourne in the 1950s and I remember what it was like. You know, it was real sort of um, roast lamb and three veg um, was the standard thing and it was a time when quite a few Greek and Italian refugees had been settled especially in Melbourne and um, I remember people of my parents generation muttering darkly about these people you know they, they said there are these refos they're women they dress weirdly they dress in black from head to foot and they're too religious and they have too many children and they eat weird food and, you know, I remember when it was a rarity to, to drink coffee with froth on the top. You know, it's, uh, it's, it is amazing to look back and see how our culture has expanded and been improved by what is brought here by people from other cultures. I find it really fascinating, too, because it's like a hidden history. Uh, in my family, we actually have... Uh, Italian and uh, German background as well as Irish etc and uh, this was before the turn of the uh, going into the 1900s and my grandmother used to make things like risotto and spaghetti and stuff mm. like that in the 30s yes. and and that would have con was considered to be odd but obviously yep. at the heart of Australia there is a false message about its its previous diversity um, well, I think that's a fair point. Um, or maybe maybe our previous diversity had never quite managed it into the mainstream. Um, but I mean, I definitely remember with great clarity the way things were in the mid-50s with um, uh, very, very little sign of diversity. But, but it's a sort of a, a sort of a version of oppressing people uh, that uh, was finally awakened. But this uh, aggressive yeah. attack against refugees is, is a sort of a version of it. And and remember, remember how back then uh, people who came from other countries were called wogs, and it was a really biting term. It was. Um, you know, insulting, however you looked at it. And then those boys put together a, that show called Wogs Out of Work and all of a sudden Wogs lost its sting. Yes. Which is great. And yeah. maybe, maybe it wouldn't have happened if they'd tried it a decade before. Yeah, it's it's fascinating the slow evolution of uh, Australian mainstream society, and I guess this film, uh, Border Politics, is uh, trying to, in some way, uh, start a conversation because you go to quite conservative. Uh, groups of people in other countries who would, you would expect to perhaps turn their backs, but they didn't. Yeah, well, um, you know, you make a very good point. I, 
because you see, I would regard myself as pretty conservative, and I think it is consistent with conservative values that you do not mistreat people who've done nothing wrong. And uh, the great tragedy in Australia at the moment is that politicians have been calling boat people illegal uh, and pushing them away is called border protection, when in truth they haven't committed any offence and we don't need to be protected from them. Um, now, once, once you realise that we are mistreating innocent human beings, I think a natural conservative response is to say, well, that's just no good. That's not what you do. I was very interested in uh, your journey to the Greek islands because they're right. really at the pointy end, aren't they? They are. That's right. That's the island of Lesbos, which is, I mean, from the top end of Lesbos, you can see the Turkish coast. Um, and so, you know, Lesbos is an obvious um, jumping off point for people who are leaving uh, Turkey and coming across to Europe. Uh, and the the people on Lesbos were fantastic. You know, they at the top end where there's a lighthouse, they would man that uh, lighthouse every night and keep an eye out for boats that were on their way. Not so they could push them back, but so they could go out and make sure they were safe. Uh, I thought that was wonderful. And and the people who live on Lesbos have got, you know, their, their tourist trade, I think, has been adversely affected by the arrival of a lot of refugees. And yet... They have made them welcome. Tune in to On Screen and find out more about what's on the big and the small screen each Saturday, 11am till 12 noon on 3CR. It's a program on film, on filmmakers and on film festivals. It's called On Screen, Mm, but it's on the radio, 3CR. Smith Street Dreaming Festival is coming soon. Smith Street Dreaming has become one of the area's most anticipated street festivals. This year, we're featuring Dave Arden and Band, Alice Skye, Benny Walker, Birds, the Jury Jury Dance Group and Indigenous Hip Hop Projects with MC Layla Guruwiri from the Mangrook Footy Show and much more. Smith Street Dreaming, corner of Smith Street and Stanley Street's Collingwood. Saturday, July the 21st, 1pm to 5 o'clock. Smith Street Dreaming, one street, many mobs, one community. Smith Street Dreaming is a drug and alcohol free event and a 3CR supporter. Hi, I'm David Bradbury, activist filmmaker and proud of it. And any time I'm in Melbourne, I love to do an interview with 3CR and uh, bring you folk up to speed with what I'm doing in different parts of the globe or in, in my own, own turf in Australia. It's really important that we have community radio and that you support it and you get out behind 3CR and the events that they promote and to keep you informed against the uh, mainstream media that wants us to keep our eyes shut and to go back to bed. 
You're on 3CR with Annie on Showreel and uh, David Bradbury's right. 3CR and all community radio stations are terribly important, especially at this moment. Uh, we've just had our radiothon, but of course it's never too late to uh, donate to keep the station going. We haven't quite made our target of 250000 uh, but uh, we're almost there. So if uh, you're feeling... Uh, so uh, inclined, uh, throwing a little bit of money our way and picking programs that particularly need your support would be gratefully uh, accepted. Uh, Those people who have uh, donated, who have pledged, but have not quite filled their pledges yet, we'd uh, love to uh, hear from you. Uh, We're going to go on to the last part of my chat with Julian Burnside about the film Border Politics, which is having a screening at... uh, uh, Nova. It's still got one session that's being shown, so have a look online and you'll be able to pinpoint when the program's on. Don't forget that there's going to be a big rally on uh, Saturday outside the State uh, uh, Library at 2pm in support of uh, refugees. Uh, Australia uh, needs to fix, it, fix up this policy uh, if we want to be on the right side of the angels. Because they seem to get the point that these are human beings and they need help. Yeah, it's, it's really extraordinary. I, I was also, the, another highlight of this film is actually your rather impassioned speech beside the wall between America and uh, Mexico. Can you tell me about yeah. that? Yeah, well, um, I was, we went down to uh, Tijuana especially, which is just on the, on the Mexican side of the border with uh, the United States and there has been a fence there for some years. This is not the wall that Trump is talking about building it. Uh, he's going to extend it for thousands of miles. Anyway, at, at Tijuana there is um, a fence and there is a second fence which has been built on the American side. So there's a sort of no man's land of about 50 metres width. But at Tijuana, um, on the American side, there is an area where People who come from Mexico are allowed to come across and speak to their relatives in Tijuana through the fence. Um, and what is interesting about it is that it recognises the fact that obviously families have been split apart um, because if Mexicans go across into America without permission and if they have children in America, then those children are American citizens and they can then come and see their parents if their parents have been sent back to Mexico. But at the very point in that fence where people are on one side are allowed to meet people on the other side, they, the, the Americans have put up a fine mesh so that they can't even hold hands through the fence. Mm. Apart from that mesh, they would have been able to reach through and hold hands, but now they can't. And it's all of a piece with the American obsession to punish people um, who've, you know, had the temerity to come into their country. It was, and of course, what is going on in America right now with about 11,000 children who've been taken from their Mexican parents and they are put in cages uh, in premises close to the border. This is, you know, children as young as a year or two are being put in cages by the Americans after the Americans have taken the children from their parents. That's what, what are they expecting to happen? What, what, what well, are they... the big, 
Because presumably, presumably the parents are taken off to um, uh, be assessed to see whether they're refugees or whether they've got some entitlement to stay in America. Um, and I don't, I don't. I mean, I don't know what the thinking is behind the idea of taking the children from them. Maybe it's to encourage them to give up and just go back, and they'll get their children back again. I, I really don't know. Goodness, that's uh, just like, you know, I've been reading a book about the Congolese debacle in the 19th century uh, when they wanted uh, the men to go and the Congolese to go and work on their rubber farms they yeah. and they ran away. They used to gra- gather up the women and put them into concentration camps. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, the conduct of the rubber companies in the Congo during the late 19th century was absolutely appalling. But it's the and, same idea. Um, it is the same idea. Um, and and it's kind of like, uh, well, you know, I mean, children, we, we know children shouldn't be mistreated that way. Um, we know, but then we've got a bit of a history, haven't we, because we used to take Aboriginal children from their parents. And there's now talk again of restarting that program, which is horrifying. I mean, anyone with a shred of human decency knows that children need to be treated with much more care than that and taking them from their parents is very damaging what what, what are you hoping that will happen uh with your film with this film that you've been uh the uh dave and attenborough of <laughs> <laughs> what are you hoping um, for well i'm kind of hoping that some people will see it who start off disagreeing with me and who will discover what's actually going on um, that's because really, to be honest, you know, I, I don't know how often you travel overseas, but Australia is viewed um, askance by a lot of Western countries because of the way we're behaving. And it's interesting, you, it's, it's noticeable, it's not part of the film, but it's worth noticing that Australia is the only Western country now that does not have coherent human rights protection. Goodness, people should uh, generally be concerned about that because it doesn't just affect refugees. It actually is a rot in the whole country. Oh, look, I agree. I think that's a really interesting point. Um, One of the things that I think people need to notice is that right now Australians are being persuaded to tolerate truly intolerable misconduct by our government and under cover of a lie by calling them illegal by calling it border protection uh, the public have been persuaded to think that that's okay um, now any government that is willing to lie to the public in order to mistreat one unpopular group will not stop with that unpopular group and it's only a matter of time before someone else is unpopular one of the interesting things that um, I encountered when I was in Berlin for the film there's a, a museum of the um, Nazi period, mm. and one of the people there um, was Dietrich uh, Bonhoeffer, who was, you know, uh, he actually I'm I'm thinking of the wrong one. It's not Bonhoeffer. I'm thinking of it's uh, Niemöller, Niemöller, who famously Dietrich Niemöller, who famously said, when they came for the communists, I said nothing because I'm not a communist. When they came for the socialists, I said nothing because I'm not a socialist. When they came for the trade unionists, I said nothing because I'm not a trade unionist. And when they came for the Jews, I said nothing because I'm not a Jew. And when they came for me, 
there was no one to speak for me. That is an extreme example of what happens when the public go along with deliberate government mistreatment of one unpopular group. It's just a matter of time. Did, uh, has there been uh, any uh, response to the film that you've noticed? Um, well, it was premiered in Melbourne at the Human Rights Arts and Film Festival uh, a couple of weeks ago and was sold out. And I think it was the only film in the series that was sold out. Um, it's having a couple of showings at the... three showings at the Nova in Carlton next week, I think. And as I understand it, um, uh, several of those sessions have sold out. Um, so it seems to be selling out, which is yeah. good. And I suppose that... Uh Lending your, uh, well, it's it's an honour to you too, uh, in a sense that uh, your uh, sort of celebrity of a sort is, uh, people value your opinion, basically. Um, well, thank you for saying that. I, I didn't know whether that, uh, that was so, but if it is, that's good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think there are some people in Canberra who wouldn't necessarily share that view. <laughs> Would, have you got anything else you'd like to say? Um, I would like people to come and see the film and and take part in the Q&A sessions that I'm involved in if they don't agree with me. I really want people who don't agree with me to see it and if they feel inclined to, to challenge the views that the film puts forward. Thanks for spending some time with me. That's a pleasure. Thanks very much, Annie. Bye. Bye. N- now, that was Julian Burnside. Now, that was done a little while ago. Uh, there is still a screenings of uh, border politics being uh, shown at NOVA. So all you have to do is go online and have a look at when it's showing. Uh, it's, uh, it's a really interesting film. Uh, and, uh, and at the moment, uh, the politics of refugees in Australia continues to be a blot on the landscape. Uh, there's going to be a big rally on sun Saturday, uh, this Saturday, on the steps of uh, the State Library in support of refugees uh, and marking some rather dreadful anniversaries. Uh, uh, so there will be speakers and other supporters. Uh, important for the refugees themselves to know that they haven't been forgotten uh, uh, by other people in the population. Uh, imagine what it must be like for people who feel that they've been uh, sealed in an envelope and sent uh, to the dead letter office. Uh, anyway, uh, that's the end of uh, Showreel today. Coming up next is Published or Not. You'll hear from me next week. We'll go out with more of the same.
You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.